3: What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. Seth Levitt is here. OJ Juice McDuffie is in the house. I am Travis Winkfield And Juice, the Dolphins roll to their fifth straight win. It's their best start through 11 games since 2001. But I don't know if you would know that based upon the way we kind of heard the rumblings in the crowd, the way this game played out in the second half. What's your takeaway from a game like this, Juice?
4: Well, you know, obviously an incredible start. You know, and that's one of the things you worry about coming off a of bye week—how well your team is going to react. Because sometimes they're still on bye week, and uh, this team was not. They were not on bye week, and you know you worry about going into the Browns game, getting ready for a bye week, and they weren't on. They weren't looking ahead, and you worry about them coming out of a bye week and how they'll be—they're they're still on Thanksgiving break, you know, as well as bye week break—and and they weren't. Biggest thing about it though was still got to finish games, man. You know, no doubt we got the win, uh, win that we're supposed to get. But at the same time, though, you know, you like to be able to put teams away like that a little earlier, and you'd like to see able to be able to get the other guys in the game and still be able to move the football and be able to make plays. So once they turn that car off, though, Travis, you know, especially like <laughs> I'm an Ohio kid, once we turn that car off in the wintertime, it's hard to crank <laughs> it back up. You know what I mean? It's hard to crank it back up, and I, that was that was the problem today. We couldn't get it going again. We couldn't crank it back up. It's hard to get your, yourself mentally and physically back in the game when you're up 30 points. Um and for a while there, we couldn't stop the bleeding. Um, thank goodness that we made some plays at the end. Um, offense did absolutely nothing in the second half, but defense made enough plays at the end to win it. But, damn, man, you can't do that to yourselves. You've got to be able to go out there and bury teams. You know, it's still a two-score two game at the end of that, and they had the opportunities late in the half. You know, we've been in, in that situation ourselves as a team, and we've been able to come back from those situations. So we should know better than the, you know, than the rest of our laurels in the first half because we've been in a situation we've been up a lot or down a lot and been able to come back and win. We know that obviously Houston doesn't have the same fire park, firepower that we have, but still though man, we got to be able to close games on both both sides. You know, all 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 facets have to be able to close that game out and we didn't do that today. But win obviously is great. I mean, there's I'm not going to sit here and bellyache about, you know, a, you. A, <laughs> you know I mean, a, a 15 point win,
3: but at the same time, though, better teams. Yep. We'll come back, and it might might bite us in the butt. Yeah, you get 30 points in the first half from the offense, and the defense obviously scored as well and put you on the two-yard line for one of those other drives. So really the defense got after it in a big way in that first half. But then, you know, I think McDaniel had mentioned this at the Baltimore game, like don't look at the scoreboard. Let's just go out there and put points up there and just try to get some stuff going offensively, and then we'll look at the scoreboard at the end of the game, and they wind up coming back and winning that game in dramatic fashion. But I think the Texans will take this second half to the – to the airplane ride, and they'll feel good about it, like that they competed and they didn't, you know, go. Some home. guys will, yeah, Some sure. sure. Will. The coaching most staff them, has something. Yeah, to most to, of
4: them, yeah, <laughs> most of them shouldn't. They, you know, there's no no participation. Yeah, in the one trophies, nine no, and one. I don't know what you're yeah, feeling no good about. Yeah, no moral victories, you know, but yeah, I, I hear you though.
3: Just I, I remember being on, on many uh, uh, blowouts on the other side, where it's like, guys, just go out there and compete and try to win this half. And if if you do, that's great. And if we get back into the game in general, that's even better. But I did want to go back to you, Juice, for this perspective of because you know, me and Seth were up in the press box listening to all the. Ideas Ideas about are they going to pull guys? Should they see? Should Tua come out of the game early in that first half when the game was a runaway? You know, and on Twitter as well, right, Seth? So I mean, people were talking about who needs to come out of the game, who you got to keep healthy and get rested. But I'm curious. Take us onto the sideline when something like that's going on because they, obviously you only have 53 guys you dress and you have so many guys inactive, so you can't pull everybody. What's the thought on the sideline in a game where it's a runaway? It's probably concluded as far as the final score goes. You know, pretty well in hand. What's your perspective on the sideline? Are you thinking about can I get some reps off? Do I wanna like what's a player thinking during all that?
4: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, look, you really need to you need to pound guys all the way to the fourth quarter. You know, you gotta you gotta pound to the fourth quarter in my opinion. If anybody was talking about taking taking time off, you know, the first half and we're up thirty, that's that's always a big problem. Look, the Houston Texans get paid as well. You don't think they have a little bit of pride about themselves in that locker room and don't think that they didn't go in there like we went into the Baltimore halftime with the same attitude. Go out there and make some plays and see what happens. And that's what they did. They went out there and they made some plays to see what happened, man. You could not ever, ever, you know, think about resting guys, you know, at this level. I get it if you're playing. This is college ball. That's that's one thing. But then these guys are pros, you know, and they've got a pride about themselves. You rest a couple guys if you want. But you can't rest a whole, you know, group of guys. You know, we saw at the end, you know, still Tyreek and Waddle and all those guys are still playing. Because you want to – also, you want to get Skyler some guys that actually can play out there. Sure. You don't want to just go out there with a bunch of guys that don't usually play. But we, we love our wide receiver crew no matter what. But I'm telling you, man, that's, a, that's always a bad idea to try to rest guys until you get to that fourth quarter in a comfortable lead.
3: And that's kind of what we saw play out there at the end. It looks like the Texans are going to have a chance to come back into the game there late, Seth. But at the end, it came down to what it was early in the first part of the game, right? The defense just kept coming after that quarterback. Relentless pressure from the the pass rusher, secondary getting their hands on footballs. You have to love what you see from the defense today, especially up front.
5: Yeah, for sure. I know people got a little frustrated when the Texans did start to move the ball a little bit. But, I, you know... The the whole strategy changes by the defense at that point because one play is not going to beat you and you're you're giving them yards and you're trying to run clock and all of those things and I think that has to be taken into perspective. But it, it was just a strange game. I think you do have to like Juice alluded to. You got to think big picture here. You got to look at the fact that you're eight and three going into this final stretch here of the season. But again, you cannot play this way against some of these teams that you have coming up because they're just, you know, the Texans, this is a down year for them. The record says as much. You saw that performance on the field and, uh, and you're, they're just not going to be able to play this way. And it almost, you know, there was a lot of talk about, man, did the bye week come at the wrong time? You know, this team was rolling for three straight weeks there, four straight weeks. I mean, they, they were so efficient on offense, uh, they've scoring a ton of points just looking like world beaters and it's like do you want to stop that momentum and and it shouldn't have an impact but the reality is, is you know you get some rest you, this almost looked like a season opener where they're still they're they're learning a new offense you had some miscues it's a little weird to say that they didn't look sharp when they were moving the <laughs> ball up and down the field but you know we're so spoiled by Tua's accuracy we're so spoiled by 180 yard games by Tyreek Hill and all those things which is wonderful to, to a position to be in that you kind of expect more which again is great and and I think that they didn't play as well as they could have today and maybe that's the frustration that you sense from some of the fans. I think booing an 8 and 3 team at home <laughs> that was rough. That's up by 30. That brutal, man. I think that's 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 a little loss of perspective We're definitely there. Definitely better than that, man. I <laughs> yeah, can't believe you yeah. That that was surprising to me. I mean, you know, for all that that this fan base has been through over the years to have a team that is delivering what they're delivering thus far this season with so much, which I think they're going to create more memories as the season's going to go on to boo the guys they they doubled up their opponent's score you know like as as inefficient or all these things you know Tua had right his least efficient game and it was a 90 something right. passer rating so we need yeah. to keep that in perspective don't boo your guys when when you're up 30
3: yeah i i'm with That's, you I'm, I'm, ahead, I'm, real quick there.
5: Our, especially our guys. Look, look where we're at. We're you're talking about. We're
4: eight and three. That's my
5: point. Yeah, don't place. come on. This
4: guy's been balling, man. Don't don't do that yeah, to these guys, man. I, that's, I, that's 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 ungrateful, right there, man. Five in a row, still winning. Don't that's that's bad. Is it fanship a word? It is now fanship.
3: It's bad. It's bad juju for sure. It was the third time all year that a team scored 30 points in the opening half of a game, right, Seth? It was two other games. According not- to Brett, Brett who I trust, fire off point some man. Some always on point. point, point. Right His now. Twitter account is on fire right yeah. now. By he's the way. getting hotter this season too. I think. I think the the eight and three mark will, will do that for well, you. Well, you give him a little bit more <laughs> yeah. to work with, right? <laughs> yeah, sure yeah. start breaking some damn that. records, and Brett's <laughs> yeah. going to deal. But it's funny you mentioned a 30 to nothing, you know, start for the Dolphins because it felt like it could have been. I don't know, close to the fifties, like at least a forty burger because you had that opening drive where they had the the hold that knocked him out of uh, out of the red zone. They wind up a couple of drop passes, a couple of misfired throws, like you mentioned. Like, you know, for Tua he misses two or three throws, it's like what's going on with Tua Tungavailoa, which kind of (laughs) gives you a perspective on where he's come as far as, you know, how how good of a player he is. But I thought fourteen incomplete passes was that has to be a career high for him. I'm not sure if it is, but it has to be up there. And Seth and I were getting all fired up. On one of those first half trips inside the 10-yard line, cause we were talking about the goal-to-go numbers this year, the Dolphins have only failed to score touchdowns on two trips inside the 10-yard line this year. We saw one of those today. So it felt like even juice yeah. in a game where it's 30 nothing at halftime, it, it could have been way more.
4: Yeah, definitely left some meat in the bone, there. Are
3: we spoiled, too? Have we gotten spoiled?
4: Is that, that what's, what's is going on? Man. You know what? Because we've, we've seen this team... You know, for the last few weeks, just go out there and you know, we are 1,000% spoiled. You know, we talk about a lot, man. We talk about it in spaces. We talk about how comfortable we are. We talk about how we can score whenever we want. And then when we don't score, we're like, well, what's going on? Here? Right, right. Well, what do I
5: mean? What's going on with we this team? We only got 30. <laughs> what do you mean we only got 30? Again, what are you talking about? You know what? Here's a perfect way to say it. And and I got to give some credit to our guy, Jason Sarney. He was down here. He was covering the game in the press box. Got to see him a couple times. And here's his tweet. And he nailed it right here. We could nitpick today. I won't. First half was great. A win, an eight and three. Big road test coming up.
3: Nailed it. So there it it is. Nailed it. That
5: is great. That is great. Good Thank stuff. you, Sarni, good good stuff. for a little perspective.
3: And we're going to go ahead and give Sarni the last word here in the opening, except since it's time to go to break right now. We'll come back and get to more, including head coach Mike McDaniel, quarterback Tua Tungavailoa. Two hours for you guys here on the post game show. Dolphins postgame is driven by Gunther Volkswagen. You've got to get to Gunther Volkswagen to get behind the wheel of a new Volkswagen SUV in Fort Lauderdale, Coconut Creek, and Delray Beach. For car buying done your way, you've got to get to Gunther Volkswagen. Again, the final score from Hard Rock Stadium, Dolphins 30, Texans 15. You're listening to the fifth quarter post. Check out South Florida's ultimate entertainment destination with world-class shows at Hard Rock Live, award-winning dining at Suppresso and Council Oak, and much, much more only at Seminole Hard Rock Hollywood. Dolphins win this game their fifth straight. They're 8-3 and and back atop the AFC East taking over the Buffalo Bills, who won on Thanksgiving Day. And a large part of that comes from the Dolphins receiving core, who's getting really the ball spread around throughout the course of the entire core. But today, we're going to go ahead and talk about our key player of the game sponsored by Ed Morse. When you buy from Morse you're backed by Morse with the price protection promise from Ed Morse Sawgrass Auto Mall he was tied for the team lead in receiving today 5 for 85 our player of the game Jalen Waddell who went up and pulled down a contested catch in this game gold and Wilson eye formation play action fake back to throw looking deep downfield again and oh my
5: goodness what a catch by Jalen Waddell It almost threw through and he caught it with his legs Joe 5'10", he goes up and gets
4: it. Probably don't talk enough about our guys on the outside, but, boy, blocks it out, goes up, catches it with his hands.
5: And out-jumped M.J. Stewart.
4: And out-jumped. Boy, that's just
5: a nice effort.
3: A 34-yard pickup. And we know about the speed of Jalen Waddle, but he really shows you a little bit of everything every week. They're going up over the defender to pull down that high ball. Almost pulled in the second one later in yeah. the game as well. Seth, what was the stat? He's the, he is now the all-time leader in something for the first two years. As well. I think
5: reception yards in his first two years there surpasses Jarvis Landry. So, you know, if you, again, a perspective game here – when the trade was made and the double trade and you draft Jalen Waddle and and well oh Kyle Pitts and oh they should have stayed at three and everything else boy oh boy am I glad that Jalen Waddle is a member of this football team broke an all time record for rookie receptions in his first year he's uh, you know look Tyree Kill all world but having both of those guys as a threat we yeah. see what that's turned this offense into and had a chance to make a few other big plays but that was a great one made some other big plays down the field he has to be respected. And he's been as productive as any receiver in the history of this team in his first two years, including this great one we've got sitting next to us. Damn. Yep. <laughs> right.
4: My first two years, I didn't sniff the field. So he's much better. <laughs> he's getting more. Like around, I said, he's been as productive as. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, he's definitely special, man. And you know what? He's embraced, you know, everything that comes along with having a great receiver opposite of him, like like Tyreek Hill. And uh, he, he takes advantage of his opportunity. I was I was loving the fact that you know I was looking at the beginning of the game. And, you know, how we talk about scripts at the beginning of the game. And the first person they, they targeted at the beginning was Jalen Waddle. you know. Then they went to Tyreek. Then they went to, you know, then they went to Jeff Wilson, you know. So they try to get everybody involved right away. But I, I love the fact that the first play that was called for, whose number was dialed up, was Jalen Waddle and trying to get him involved. We know we can get Tyreek involved, you know, pretty much any time we want. But getting, getting Jalen going early. You know it's always key, man, and it was and it carried out throughout the rest of the game, trying
3: to get him involved. He continues to make so many plays down the field. I mean, he had 17 yards per catch today. I think that might even be lower than his season uh, total coming Just into under. the game. Yeah, I think so. He's right it's around like 18, 18, something yeah. crazy like that. Yeah. But you you wind up having 11 catches for oh geez, Seth. I'm going to do math here live on the air. 170 yards. I think I got that right actually. 11 catches for 170 for those two guys. But really, I mean, you can talk about Tyreek and Jalen, and we can continue doing that with our key player of the game here. But, man, the entire receiving corps, Juice mentioned it, how they spread the football around to the entire room. And it was a, a Trent Shurfield conversion on the, I think, the first touchdown drive of the game where Tua clearly wanted to go towards the side of Tyreek and then came back to Jalen. And then he comes to his third progression, it looked like to me at least, and he finds Shurfield for a tough catch where he takes a big hit and goes to the ground. And I'm just thinking to myself that whole time, Juice, that, you know, having those reliable guys that they're, they're going to be where they, you need them to be and they're going to make tough catches in those tight windows. To me, like that might be one of the, the biggest unsung things of this entire football team is the back part of that receiving core really supporting Tyreek and Jalen to give you a full compliment at that position. Yeah, you really
4: can't. You can't rest, you know. And even in downs, you see we've got, you know, Craycraft in with Surffield, you know, A lot of teams think, oh, watch the run, watch the run. No, not this team, man. We have so much confidence in our guys that can go out there and they can go out there and make plays like Shurfield, man. And tough, talk about a tough catch, you know, in traffic. All these guys are tasked to catch the ball in traffic. That's just the way it is. With play action pass over the middle looks, all these guys have to know that they're going to get the ball over the middle and be ready for a shot, you know. And hopefully, like most of the time, too, we'll protect them. Sherfield's sure feels that tough guy, man. He's a, he's a tough receiver. He's, he's sure-handed. You know, when the opportunities come his way, man, he takes advantage of them. And the, the, the coaching staff trusts him, more importantly – his number one trustee.
3: You, you talked about it, Seth, off the top with, you know, not winding up with anybody else besides Jalen Waddell with the sixth pick in the draft a couple of years ago after moving back. And, you know, you look at the receivers, and we talked about it on the air here a lot last year about how this, this receiver's room is missing something. It needs some more juice. And they pretty much went to work and, and just remade the entire room. And, again, off the top, you love Waddle, you love Hill. It's obvious what those two guys bring to you. But, man, tip of the cap to Chris Greer for finding, in my opinion, Big Seth, I don't know if you guys agree, a, a, a one through five that really suits what Tua does well, just across the board.
5: Yeah, I mean, how could you disagree with that after seeing what's happening this year? And you know, one, are you starting one with Mike McDaniel as well? Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> you crazy, know, man. listen, you you can't you, you can't exclude finding the the right coach. For, for this team and this quarterback as well. So, no, I'm with you. Uh, Jalen Waddle is an exciting player. You know, I, I always said he walked in the stadium with a game ball from O.J. McDuffie every game last week, and he had to kind of earn losing that game <laughs> ball. And, and I feel like the same could be said this year, even though I know you've gone defense a little bit more this year. Yeah, but but you he's – look at his <laughs> – He sounds upset about seriously, it. Seriously, <laughs> look at his production so far this year. If it wasn't – I don't even want to say overshadowed. But if Tyreek Hill wasn't so spectacular, literally putting up historical numbers, you would be talking about this being one of the top receivers in the league, and you still are, Mm -hmm. but it's just that that other guy on the other side is kind of a freak of nature. He's a heck of a player, and it was a great decision.
4: Yeah, and I'm going to tell you what else I love about Jalen Waddle. You know, we were down on the field today on pregame, you know, watching the guys warm up. Jalen took a football. He he threw the rock for about seven, eight minutes with the kids in the stands. Love it. You Can't know what be I mean? That. He was like, you know, and every kid's they absolutely loved it, man. There were some kids, you know, that you know, big dolphins fans, but there might be some kids that were on the fence. I think today they might be more <laughs> dolphins fans because <laughs> of that that one on one interaction, man. And uh just taking pictures and, you know, and and, and and having a good time out there for pregame, then he got focused, you know, when all the rest of the team came out, man. So the guys embraced this role, you know, no matter what it is, in the community, on the football field, with another dynamic receiver with him, but also with the fans, man. So Jalen Waddle, one hell of a pick for us, man, no doubt, you know, and I'm going to tell you, I say this all the time. If Jalen Wall doesn't get hurt his last year at Alabama,
3: we right. don't get him. That's right,
4: he's already going off the board, man. So you know, blessings to us. I feel bad for him, but blessings for us. You it, know,
3: it worked out pretty well to get two as uh, one of his top targets there in college, and really, you know, that 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 four that foursome of Alabama receivers that came out between he, Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, and Henry Ruggs. It's it's pretty clear cut who the top dog is from 1000%. that from that group, and he's here in Miami with the Miami Dolphins. So you love to see that, and you love to see the way this offense is cooking right now, man. It's, it's thirty points and. What what is it? Four four straight games now.
4: Yeah, and you know, and that and that's something that you know we you talked about it though, man. We we probably should have had more points yeah. today. You know, but at 30 by halftime, it's like something we, you haven't seen either. So that no, was, but yeah. I,
5: you have to give the defense some credit. I mean, yeah. they actually scored seven of those points, or, you know, I guess six, but seven of those points and put you in a position for the other seven. So, I mean, you know, you like to see a complete performance. That was complimentary football in the first half because the defense did their part. I'm sorry, I'm a little distracted. I'm seeing all these groups of people on the field, and I can't speak for all of them, but I know you're talking about guys who are making an impact in the community. Zach Sealer has a group of seminal Tribal youth that came to the game today. It's uh, Native American Heritage Month. November is Native American awesome. Heritage Month. You know our friends in the Seminole Tribe uh, d- do so much here in the community, and it was really cool to see the Sealer Family Foundation give back to some tribal youth. And I know he's got a group of them down there on Did the field. Did you find field. them? So, uh, well, I see. I see. There's a group down here, but there's also a large group there on the uh, the northeast corner. So I haven't figured out that. Oh, there's three groups. Uh, <laughs> Step to specials. So yeah, Whoa, a lot of group, group over here. a group over here. There's a lot of cool stuff happening on the. Field. I know that's not what people are tuning in for, <laughs> but I had to give a shout-out at least to well, Zach If they Sealard come to the stadium, they doing. might be able to get on the field, Big Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a good a thing you brought the big binoculars here. to get, the, to get the,
3: the search out there for the, for the Zach Sealer. So,
5: you know, just <laughs> really? going off the rails here, Wingfield pulls out, first <laughs> time I ever saw him, he pulls out a pair of binoculars today. And you ever go you ever go to the theater, Juice, and you, <laughs> you, see, that, you see the little old lady who's got the box seat? She's the rich <laughs> little old lady, and she's almost got like a monocle that she's looking out of. So he has these theater that highbrow theater tiny little binoculars and that's what he brought to the game today i guess his eyes are just better than mine oh oh. those are not for a sporting event or just not.
4: I had a binocular <laughs> at, at one game and I, had a, I got rid of it because everyone was talking about me so bad. So yeah, you gotta, I got to, I got an Amazon credit. I'll get, I got
3: you. My man, I, I need it because I get a lot of trash talk for these damn things, especially during training camp when I'm out there trying to get all my notes taken and all that stuff. Who's that over there on the far field breaking up tackles over there? It's a, it's a good looking player, but I can't see who it is because my tiny binoculars. But you know, <laughs> Times five when you already said it's times yeah, 30. You know, need you at least times 15. That's exactly right. <laughs> I, to bring this all back together to talk about, you know, with the the players doing the community. I, there was a, a couple of weeks ago. Jalen was doing. Jalen Waddle was doing something in the lobby at the facility where he was Facetiming with a young fan and he was doing the Waddle, teaching him how to do it. Sorry. So just more of that stuff you yeah. talk about. And yeah. I actually went to the team store the other day. You guys know I will go to Joe Chamillo and get my hook up down in the, in the equipment room, but uh, I had I saw they had a T-shirt with with Jalen Waddle, the caricature doing the waddle, and I was like, I gotta have me one of those. I went and bought that myself. So Damn I right. made my purchase there with a.
4: See, you you left the training room. You actually went in the pocket one time. Huh? <laughs> I had to do it. You know, throw a little bit of money at it. Why not? Let's, let's get
3: it. All. It makes me look good with the uh, the waddle the dance. Equipment room. I said training room. Training room. room. Either yeah. way, it works. Yeah, no doubt. So that was your key player of the game, Jalen Waddle, sponsored by Ed Morse, Ed Morse Sawgrass Auto Mall backs every vehicle they sell. Because because if it has their name on it, you have their word on it. Dolphins postgame is also driven by Gunther Volkswagen. You've got to get to Gunther Volkswagen to get behind the wheel of a new Volkswagen SUV in Fort Lauderdale, Coconut Creek, and Delray Beach. For car buying done your way, you've got to get to Gunther Volkswagen. Again, the final score from Hard Rock Stadium, Dolphins 30, Texans 15. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network, brought to you by the Palm Beaches.
1: This is the official Miami Dolphins radio network where Dolphins fans live.
3: Dolphins recap tomorrow
2: morning with Joe Rose and Zach Krantz, AM 560 Sports, WQAM.
3: Make more good in the all-new Sportage X-Pro with multi-terrain all-wheel drive and available 360-degree surround view monitor. No mission is too small to take on. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the quarterback play in this game. We talked a little bit about him in the last segment there talking about the receivers, but we haven't really gotten yet to Tua tunga 22 22-for-36, 299 yard day with one touchdown and 96.9 passer rating and big Seth I know that 299 number really bothers you man it's just kind of sitting there <laughs> waiting for that extra yard to come in to give him the 300 yard day.
5: It did. I you know, I thought he it deserves a bad word to use here. But I thought that he <laughs> could have earned a 300-yard day, and then the protection just kind of fell apart there right. those last two drives. the sacks so, take him off of that, right? Uh, no, he, that don't count, that uh, counts against the team's team passing press? total, okay. but not the individual's. Got it. But, but he um, – you know, there were plenty of opportunities there to for Tua to get one of the – you know, he only needed a yard juice. I, I feel like he could have gotten it, um, but it's tough to do from your back. So, yeah, but I – Again, just an, a weird kind of interesting day that, you know, if your quarterback can complete more than 60% of his passes, have a passer rating over 96, almost 97, and not throw any interceptions again for what? He, he's got a set of Dolphins record, 174. I think now he's up to 174 pass attempts without an interception juice. Uh, I, I, uh, I, it's hard to be disappointed with the performance, but I think it does speak to how elite – the level of his yep. play has been thus far this season. Yeah. But ultimately, if we're going to judge him by wins and losses, he's, he's started and finished eight games this year, and, uh, and, and they've won all eight of them. Yeah, yeah they really have,
4: man. I mean, and you look at some of that too, Seth. We could have gotten over th- – we had a few drops today. And I always got to get on my boys when we put the ball on the ground, man. We get opportunities out there. Yeah. You know, anytime the ball's in our area, we got to bring them down high low wide left right you know what I mean we got to bring them down and when you get two hands on them you definitely got to bring them down so we could have easily gotten over that 300 yard threshold you know that we we're, we're talking about but man you know some of that honestly led to less points stop driving 100% you know and that's that's what that's what they do uh you know we always talk about how good our our crew is today's one of the days that I thought they could, they could have played better for our quarterback you know our quarterback could have played better for them but here we go again talking about we're, we got 30 points but we're still talking about how <laughs> we can get better and that's a good thing. All correctable stuff, all kind of physical mental stuff and I think that's going to be it's going to bode well. I think a game like this at the end of the day is going to bode well for us cuz we're going to realize we can't just don't stop reading our press clippings. Yep. Stop listening to what the rest of the country is talking about our team. Stop thinking point. that we play against the Texans and we you know we get up 30 we can sit back yeah. and we're that good. This is a great example and a great learning lesson for our team to know that they
5: got to keep Keep the foot on the gas, man. It's a good way you to know? get a kick in the butt, right? You 1,000%. Still get to lead eight and three, but no, you know I don't know didn't how I many feel, people like, are going They, home. As good about this they win can't they, be. Exactly. There's no way they exactly. can be. And it was interesting because during the week, Mike McDaniel said that you know how do you keep your team focused when you're you're playing this well and you're playing a team that comes in at one eight and one and it and he was almost like offended by the question. Yeah. Like, You know, listen, yeah. you let your guard down and you're going to get beat. That happens to teams every every league, and we don't want to learn that lesson. And and they didn't necessarily learn it but I think they probably did learn something on the way out. So that's a great point. It'll be interesting to see how they respond next week.
3: Not to mention coming into the week, he also had a comment and Juice kind of alluded to this earlier. You know, we got all the families down here and stuff on the field talking about how for Thanksgiving week you typically have a lot more family in town. So there's a lot more outside distractions going on. Obviously Thursday's probably a unique day as far as your practice schedule goes. I assume they get maybe some more time. The Texans practice report said they didn't even practice at all on Thursday, so they got the whole day off for the holiday. Miami did practice on Thursday, so that wasn't the case down here. But it is interesting uh, for them to be able to come out in a week where, you know, I, I suppose distraction should be at an all-time high because of the press clippings, because of Thanksgiving, because of the right. family he mentioned, and you come out and you put a 30-burger up to start the game, which is pretty nice. But 30-burger. But then, you know, is that, does that count, same as a 40-burger? I love it? it. I'll take a 30-burger, <laughs> supersize that bad boy for me. <laughs> Doubled up and give us 60 for the games, what I was hoping for. We didn't get a chance to see that, but I digress. But I do want to go back to about three minutes here of Tua talk, if you guys don't mind uh, entertaining me. Seth, you mentioned 174 pass attempts without an interception. That's a Miami Dolphins record consecutive for Tua right now. Going back to a. I think his last pick was the Bengals game. And I don't want to hear anybody, whether you're tweeting or
5: whatever, (laughs) all this almost near-intercepted should have been. I don't want to hear it. I just don't want to hear it. (laughs) 174. Without an interception. Every
3: single game, guys drop picks. It happens. And he also it's mentioned true. 8-0 in games finished. His career record's now 21-9. and uh, What's the last... It's the last, Is it like the last 15 games? I think 14 wins out of 15 or something like that since uh, Tua's been under center for the Dolphins. So it's going pretty well. But the thing I wanted to talk about was some subtleties in Tua's game that I think that maybe don't stand out is uh, compared to the rest of the traits that we talk about every single week. And one of them, Juice, is the ball handling. There was a, a little RPO pop where he... The ball was in the belly of the running back, and before you could even like look up and, and determine what's going on from the press box or from the stands, whatever it might have been, he had that thing out and right in the river Craycraft go Cougs into his bread basket for a nice catch and run right there going down the field. There was a play, I think the first play of the game, Seth had mentioned it, like it's a reverse pivot where he fakes the handoff and comes all the way back around and finds that quick little glance route, and it's like, how did he even know to get there with his eyes to the, to the or his back to the defense, I should say, the ball handling, man, I'm really impressed by that. What do you think about that?
4: Yeah, it's, it's super impressive, man. Footwork, ball handling, everything about it, man. And we, we talked about that probably was a lot of his problem, you know, leading up to this season. And I know they worked very, very hard on footwork and, and ball handling. And it's, it's – I mean, it's like uh, it's like magic out there a lot of times, bro. It really is, man. And you've got to be so disciplined as a defense. You know, from everything we do—from a shift to a motion to a play action one way and throwing back the other way—I saw him. I, I saw him manipulate a linebacker today. Something awful. You know what I mean? The guy had, he had no chance. I can't remember who it was, but he—he you know, he was going one way and then he zipped one behind him. You know, like uh, you know, and our guys are, are, are so good at that. But you're right, man. The handling so fast too. You might have a zoom motion guy, zoom motion guy running back, and then boom, ball's out, and still within a great amount of time, man. So um, it's special, and you can tell he works on it. Go back to the preseason when he's sitting out here by himself, mm-hmm. working like everybody thought he looked like an idiot. Some people did. I thought it was outstanding that he's out there going through this mental game plans, mental these plays on his mind, and you know, and that's what he does. The same thing he was doing out there all by himself, the same thing we see every single week, you know, when, it, with the, when the Bullets are live, man. So uh, kudos to him for working on that. But, you know, that's, that's a lot of hard work. And that's, that's putting in a lot of time, and a lot of people can't handle it that
3: way. It's a grind. Every single week you have to do it, and he's been doing it so far. And, you know, one other thing I, I thought was really cool about his game, actually a few things here before we go to break, was, you know, the four sacks, which all happened in, in quick succession there in the middle of the game, it seemed like once Teron Armstead left the game. And I wonder how much of that has to do with, you know, the, the playbook kind of changing a little bit because, you know, it's I, – I mean, I don't, I don't think they're going to have the exact same play sheet in as they would when the game was 30 to nothing as they would in the opening part of the game. Maybe it is. I don't know. Pass pro the same. Pass is the exact same. So, uh, yeah, you still got to protect your quarterback, right? But I think that he does so much to kind of mitigate some potential pressures in there. And we even saw it in this game. There was the play down back up against their old goal line where he had to get around a couple of guys to start that drive, and he winds up getting a, a, a throwaway, right, which you're going to yep. be happy about, a throwaway. That's one of the best throws he's had. Yeah, right. Yeah, don't don't get yourself hurt, and also you avoid a negative play. Uh, the Let's see, the Smythe touchdown, he got out of pressure in that one and, and ran to some space and found Durham Smythe for a touchdown reception. I thought that Jeff Wilson, touchdown run looked like he checked all the guys had their hands go up to their helmets looks like a check to me I don't know if it Could is or be. not uh, and it looked like they had Tyreek Hill man coverage on one side of the field motion him away the guy follows run the ball right there for easy touchdown for Jeff Wilson thought that was a cool sign and then also after that sack that made this entire place lose their minds for about three seconds when his leg kind of got caught up underneath him the way he was able to get back to the to the huddle and run the the clock play with one second left, I thought was really high-level stuff for Tua to just have that wherewithal, situational awareness, like we got to get back on the ball, kill this thing, and get three points out of this at the end of the half.
4: Yeah, I didn't know he was going to get there. It looked like he was <laughs> – It was <laughs> like close. He it, it was, was, it was line, like,
3: Yeah, it, was, it looked like I didn't know if he realized that's what he needed to do,
4: and then he did. He figured it out, man, and got that done, man. But you know what? I mean, I was doing a uh, sweet visit today to good people from – I could probably say it because it's a Dolphins sponsor, Frito-Lay. And um, they were um, – you know they, they were talking about Tua, you know, and getting hit. I said, man, you can't, you can never question the toughness of this guy. Right. You, you, you know, from work, from his upbringing, from everything else, man, you can never question the toughness of this guy. You know, from what he's been through this year and people talking, whatever, whatever. You know, physical Tua, and mental. Both. I mean, mental even coming into the season, oh, yeah. of course, and the physical. All yeah, the whole his whole career has been both since he's been here. Uh, but I don't question it whatsoever, man. The guy has taken on the mental challenge with the offense and everything that he's got to learn. We just talked about that a little bit, the physical part of it uh, from what he went through early in the season. And today bouncing up, bouncing back up, you know, first of all, getting our team, no matter what, you know, how we scored it, we still scored 30 points. And that's how you, you know, you go out there as a, as a leader and get your team in that position to get a little bit of time off. It's, it's nice to have a little bit of time off like he got today. Um, so yeah, the toughness is unquestionable for, for Tua Tungvaloa and, um, Especially the, the the physical part of it, we've seen him take some hits. I wish he would take fewer. <laughs> um, he he made some really good really good decisions today, but some of we he couldn't help. Mm. when he got hit, he bounced back up.
3: And hopefully, well rested, like you mentioned, head into a very important three game trip, two to the West Coast, and then back out to Buffalo for three games on the road. And Seth gave me a correction there mid segment. Fourteen and two is two in his last sixteen starts. So that's a I mean a, an old school schedule, a full season of games, sixteen games, fourteen wins out of those sixteen. Pretty nice. One more. We'll have the full 17 games next week in San Francisco. Dolphins postgame is driven by Gunther Volkswagen. For car buying done your way, you've got to get to Gunther Volkswagen. Again, the final score from Hard Rock Stadium, Dolphins 30, Texans 15. You're listening to the fifth quarter post game show brought to you by the Palm Beaches.
1: Miami Dolphins football is on the air on the Miami Dolphins radio network.
3: The
2: home of every Miami Dolphins game, AM560 Sports, WQAM.
3: Unbeatable fans like you deserve unbeatable mileage, so next time you fill up, choose Chevron with Tecron, find a station near you on the Chevron app. We just talked about the victorious Miami quarterback. Let's go ahead and throw it to the podium and hear from Tua Tungavailoa game.
6: There were conversations like, hey, like we might need you to come back in you know, if they score again on, on this because then it'll be a one score game. So yeah, uh I was I was prepared to come back in if need if needed to. That that sack you had late in the first half, you bent backwards,
1: everything yeah. came out clean from that.
6: Yeah, uh, I'm sure uh tomorrow will feel a little different, but um yeah. so good from that. I was just thinking get up so we could clock it. <laughs> so uh, like a game like this it's should five. Man, that was awesome to see from from our defense. Um, you know the the, the turnovers, uh, the sacks. You know just the big hits that that they were making defensively. For me, I'm I'm used to seeing that uh, because in my first two years, you know that that's the type of defense we've had uh, a defense that would get intercep- interceptions and then would score. Um, you know, and we'd come off with like five turnovers a game, um, you know, my, my first two years. So I'm used to seeing that, and it, it, it's always great to watch um, when, you know, when when we're able to also do some things um, really well offensively.
3: You two protected so well during the stretch. Uh, what were you seeing in the protection uh, through that run with the Texans had
2: a sack at the end of the first half and then also in the third quarter?
6: Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think. With some of the plays that um, I told Mike, I, I liked, um, I, I put some guys in some bad situations um, by doing so, and um, you know, like I said, that that's that has a lot to do with kind of finding the rhythm of the game with, uh, you know, your guys or your players. So, you know, that 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 you know, I would I would say that one falls on me. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll be better for it. Two of the broadcasts said that. Last year, you had some moments where you looked yourself in the mirror and had to ask, like, am I am I good? Am I good? Sure. And that Mike showed you a 700 play highlight tape reminding you. Yes, you are. Can you, I guess, describe from your perspective what that process was? Uh, well, I, I, I thought it was cool. You know, I, I think anyone here can attest to someone believing in them and. Um, you know how, how that changes how they see um, themselves, but also things around them. So perspective, but it, it, it I mean, it, it was awesome. Um, there's a lot of uh, details that um, uh, entail you know me sitting down with him and and uh, other things as well. But uh, it, it's awesome. It's really cool.
2: Was that Was that the first um, step to? being what you are today this season was was that that affirmation from your head coach and all that
6: um well yeah i I think that that could be a step but at the end of the day no matter how good your relationship is with someone you still got to go out and play you got to go play football and that's with all of our guys i could have a great relationship with our running backs you know i I mean i can't having a good relationship with you i can't help you rush for two thousand yards you know or Rush for however many yards you want to in the game. So um, we all got to be dialed into the details of what the offense entails, and um, you know that I I would say that's just an add-on. The relationships we have with one another in the building, with each other, uh, you know, from coach to player, player to player, and uh, you know, much more, you know, in the building with everyone else.
5: I too early think. in the game uh, Jalen Waddle broke the record for most receiving yards for the first two years in a career for the Dolphins what could you say about your college team wow yeah your college and pro wow. team what could you
6: say about that never knew that uh congratulations to Jalen uh you know I, I that's news to me um I'm definitely gonna go and uh beat him up about that I, I don't know if he knows too so that that'll be that'll be awesome to tell him um but well deserving for for someone like him. Um, comes into work, works his ass off, um, has a lot of questions every time, and you know if he doesn't get them answered, then he's not going to be in for that play. So, a very detail oriented person, and uh, very happy for him. You know, this is just the beginning. He's only in year two, and we got a lot more games to play.
2: Five wins in a row, eight and three. Three big road games upcoming. Where's the season standing for you all? Would you say right now?
6: Well, we're enjoying uh, our our win right now, being eight and three, and you know we'll we'll come into work tomorrow, see what we need to get better with, and then we'll worry about uh, the next next team. well I, I would say it's it's us just playing together as a team um, I understand the question of that being an individual thing um, but really I, I I'm not able to, to have recognition or any of that without everyone doing their jobs doing their assignments and uh, you know if a team has success that's what brings individual success for for anyone on, on any team so um, you know, if if we were losing, I mean that. I don't know if I would be getting the recognition I'm getting. I don't know if any of the guys on our team would be getting that recognition. You know, it it's really it really is a team. So, individual success is based off of the team success. Question. Your relationship with uh, Trent
1: Dilbert, I don't know what the the team mm. When you look back at that, and,
6: uh, see how, how, how
1: motivation from uh, Trent.
6: Uh, man that's been a long time um, that I can remember uh, because I was in high school when that happened and then I think that happened through the summer and then I had a season um, you know after that and then I was deciding what college I was going to go to so really hard for me to to think of a lot of the things that uh, Trent had had told me and talked to me about but um, you know, he, he's a really great resource that I've been able to have in my corner, um, you know, someone that I'm able to call, talk to about uh, whatever. And, you know, when, when I was uh, coming out in the draft, he was definitely someone that, uh, you know, kind of helped me um, prepare for, for the draft, too.
3: So there's Tua Tungavailoa after the Dolphins' 30-15 victory over the Houston Texans. We're going to go ahead and take a break here and come back on the other side and react to the quarterback, really kind of showing some of the leadership there at the podium. Dolphins postgame driven by Gunther Volkswagen. For car buying done your way, you've got to get to Gunther Volkswagen. Again, the final score from Hard Rock Stadium, Dolphins 30, Texans 15. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward.
1: on the Miami Dolphins Radio Network.
2: Joe Rosen, Zach Krantz in the mornings. Hawk and Crowder in the afternoon. Nobody covers Dolphins like AM560 Sports, WQAM.
3: Our Miami Dolphins want to help you lock in a low mortgage rate. That's why Amerisave is our official mortgage lender. Whether you want to refinance, get cash out, or purchase a new home, visit Amerisave.com to lock in your low mortgage mortgage rate today and when you wanna hear a press conference broken down, you gotta go to the to the truth, to the the press conference, Consigliere. I once again. I I've thought you were giving me a new name. Yeah, I thought, no. Man, you, what's I the truth? that Paul Pierce there so, for a second. Yeah, you know, a little behind the we'll curtain here. Out of, you can't handle the truth. I was <laughs> thinking about a different podcast I listened to. It. I almost, I almost called you the name they used in that podcast. Glad that I man. was able to just say truth, which is a non-starter. But we're going to go ahead and kick this off as awkward as we possibly can. We just heard from Tua. Let's go ahead and go to the press conference, Consigliere. Big Seth, what you got, man? I was
5: just going to say how that press conference was even strange to just go along <laughs> with it being a strange day. That's to why feel I did. The it. Way I feel Feel Tackle, after a big win like that and then Travis just <laughs> makes it even more strange that's the truth Woo! so yeah it was a little weird it felt to me more like a midweek press conference than a post game press conference the Trent Dilfer question question about something that he said in another interview um just just and, and it was just different but what stands out to me is this is wise to a this is like, Tua sounds like an old wise man these days, not like a third-year player to me. Right. And, and it's, it's really cool to see it. I think I've said it before in a few different post games where we're seeing this kid who's not a kid anymore maturing right before our eyes. Heck, I think the head coach said that at one point as well. And, and it's so true. He just He's so focused on team. He's focused on big picture. He's happy that the team is winning, but he understands that there's more to accomplish And and all of that stands out in these answers. It was really and you you rose uh, an eyebrow, raised an eyebrow for this one. Uh, Following (laughs) suit, Yeah, I'm right there in it. So he's opened up by saying that there were conversations on the sideline late in the game. Hey, stay warm. We might need you here if they score on this one. This becomes a one score game. We may need to send you back out there. So he was ready to go back out. I thought that was interesting the defense reminded him of what he had seen from them in the first two years. Like, it was not a surprise because he's seen that his whole career that he's been here, but he did say, you know, it, well, he didn't say this directly, but he kind of alluded to the fact that this reminded him more of the defense that he was used to seeing. And truth be told, even last year, this defense came on in the second half of right. the season. And so look what, the, you know, look what they've done the last two weeks. I think that was pretty cool. He took the blame for the sacks. Four sacks and two possessions, and he said, "Yeah, I'm putting that one on me." There were some plays I liked. I asked Mike to call him. Probably put my guys in a bad place. I'm gonna take the fall. I'm gonna take the blame for that, Juice. That has to go a long way with, with his offensive line.
4: Yeah, it really does. I mean, honestly, because it, you know, I'm sitting there in the morning about who 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 missed that <laughs> right. block, who did this, who did that. So now I know in the post game that it's Tua's it's fault. It's Tua's fault. It wasn't the players' fault, man. That. And I love that, man. It's it is going because look, I'm gonna tell you this. Let me just go back to what I know. You know, I, I played a couple of games where Thirteen made a mistake, but you wouldn't know that on TV. <laughs> you know, I you don't know that until you watch the film on Monday, and 13's like, "Oh, my bad, dude. <laughs> like, why you why?" Why you give me that my bad? You know on Sunday on TV. Yeah. The, so yeah, yeah. I, I love the fact that you know all the people that are driving home and whoever's doing the you know their, their their tweets and everything about that is get to hear him and the even his teammates get to hear him say look, that's my bad. That's on me that cuz how easy cuz some guys might say it in private. Yep. He'll say it, like, He might go to sideline. Nobody else, nobody hears it. Right. Yeah, you know, my bad, dog. My bad. And maybe it's him, not his
5: bad. You know, well, I don't know. Could Look, be. That's a, good that's a good there point too. twenty-two.
4: There are certain
5: too. quarterbacks in this league, and I'm not going to name names, but there are certain quarterbacks in this league who will get up there and tell you everything everybody did wrong. Right. And he put it on himself. Right. Which, if it truly was on himself, I think to your point, that's fantastic that he put it out there. Yeah. And if it wasn't his bigger. fault, it's even bigger. It's better. even bigger yeah. because what did Coach McDaniel tell you about the psyche of an offensive lineman? How you know how they're just consistently ripped apart, and yeah. they're really only recognized when things go wrong, and 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 just the nature of that position is is you know only your failures are pointed out, and all of these things, and and most of the offensive linemen I've ever been around, and I don't you know occasionally <laughs> you get those those guys who like being in the limelight, but most of them just want to go to work with their lunch pail, go smash a few people in the mouth, go home and not be recognized, right. and so when things don't go their way, the last thing they want is to see their leader on the ground. And he stands up there and says, "Hey, that's on me." I just, I just thought that was a big deal, bigger than just the thirty seconds that it took for him to give that answer. Um, they did ask him about the, you know, his comment about, you know, turning to somebody and said, "Hey, do, do I suck?" Like, it, it, you know, it started to rain down all of this criticism, and you know, maybe he was starting, his confidence was starting to waver. And Mike McDaniel, I guess, rolled out seven hundred plays, good so plays, much. you know, which is so cool on so many yep. levels. But he said, yeah, you know, he did recognize, hey, everybody in this room can recognize the value of someone believing in them and that it does change your perspective. But then he, it was so good. You still got to go out and play football. Like he told the guy, the poor guy who asked the question, I don't care how good our relationship is, I'm not going to I'm not gonna be able to like you into Russia for 2,000 yards. Right? You know, so I don't know who asked the question, right? But he's probably right. He's not going to be able to like them into Russia for 2,000 yards. And so, hey, we've all got great relationships on this football team. And, and, and there's no doubt that the relationship that Tua has with his head coach has been really special in the development here, but he still has to go out and make the plays. He still has to go out and make the plays, and he's doing that, and he's doing it at an elite level. And so I thought that was super cool, and I love that he pointed that out. Something else that was interesting to me was what he said about Jalen Waddle. He didn't know about the record being broken, thought that was pretty cool. I'm sure he's going to go rib Waddle. You know, that'll be a fun thing when those guys see each other. We know how fast Jalen Waddle is. We know how, you know, fast twitch he is. We know all the fun things, the great dance, all the stuff that we see. He's electric. But he said he's detail-oriented as well. He talked about how in meetings that if you can't answer certain questions, if you can't get those tests right, that you don't get an opportunity to play and that he's always getting the answers right and that he's detail-oriented. I thought that was a neat, you know, just peek behind the curtain about a player that we know a lot about, but we didn't know that. So I thought that was really cool as well. That's what I got. Too is a wise old man these days. Yes. He's a dad. He's a dad now. It's just amazing how that happens. He's now a wise old man.
3: <laughs> a, a wise old, twenty-four years old. Not a not a bad place to be a quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Get an MVP chance and get to see your son and your your wife on the field before the game. It's pretty cool stuff here for him. And you know, you talk about that seven hundred plays that Mike showed him. I, First of all, I gotta see those seven hundred plays. I'd love to walk. You no, know, not know you about that. Love that. Uh, yeah, you, that you know take. I would <laughs> love <laughs> that tape. But it reminds me of the that's was, a week full of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, field, it's a, that's an off season uh, project right there. How many hours was the the cl- the cut ups that he brought with him from San Francisco? Like I don't know, it was a lot, like nine hundred thousand or something.
5: Yeah, it was uh, maybe one hundred eighty so thousand. I
3: don't know what it was, but that's what that reminded me of. First thing I thought I was like, oh yeah, this is what he does. He puts together these these highlight clips and he streamlines the process. And man. Uh, everything we heard back in those March introduction press conferences, we're kind of seeing it here play out with the Miami Dolphins. So a lot of fun stuff there. We're going to go ahead and take a break here. Before we do that, though, let's go ahead and pause 10 seconds so our stations can identify themselves. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network.
1: WQAM Miami. wpowhd 2 Miami. wkishd 2 Boca Raton. Home of the Miami Dolphins. Powered by NHR and Bean Accident Attorneys. Call one 800
2: 7473 That's 1-800-747-3733.
3: We have a busy hour number two coming your way next. Antennas up, game on. Score your favorite games and shows for free. Visit the free TV Project.org to learn about all the free programming waiting for you, including Dolphins games. That's freetvproject.org. Dolphins post game also is driven by Gunther Volkswagen. For car buying done your way, you've got to get to Gunther Volkswagen. Again, the final score here from Hard Rock Stadium, Dolphins 30, Texans 15. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network brought to you by the Palm Beaches.